Here's the Will Hawkins file. Social services put everything in there. You didn't tell me this was church camp. It's gonna be great. Nope. Come on. What's with the name, a Ouija way? A Ouija way. Every once in a while, somebody's just a week away from an experience that changed everything for them. So if you hear it, you hear it, you hear it too. I'm Avery. Nice to meet you. What's her story? Way out of your league, trust me. Her dad owns the place. If I'm gonna fit in here, I have to be something I'm not. Well, this will be fun. Good luck, Will. You're gonna need it. Turn it up! Singing too much, I couldn't decide. No, no, bang. no, that's what got me. Oh, the singing? Mm. Yeah, you like cinema, right? You're a cinema guy, Phil, right? You're the yeah, yeah, I'm guy. a cinema. Yeah, I'm a cinema guy. So that's that's why I thought, since you know, since you're that, we would do an episode where I give you some true art house. Oh cinema. yeah, they used yeah. anamorphic <laughs> lenses on this movie. They used anamorphic <laughs> lenses. I know they did because of the oval bokeh. Because of the, the oval bokeh and the aspect ratio. This was yeah. shot in anamorphic. Like, so, this was shot in anamorphic. Mm-hmm. Pureflix can't say that. Pureflix doesn't even know what a camera is. This this one was definitely a Netflix. This was a Netflix movie. No, because, sure. like, I'm I mean, you can tell. Netflix, they just have, like, a box of, like, used film equipment that will hand out to anybody. To like meet I, the criteria, I, I think they have a crew that they like assign, and so I don't know, I, I don't know, but we'll 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 get into it. This movie's got well, such weird weird shit. Yeah, it's but, yeah, uh, it's so weird. I don't know how it's how so... is your day, Phil? Though how is your day? I got Chinese food. Uh, it's it's that's cool. It's getting in, it's settling. It's settling. <laughs> I can feel the kidney stones forming already. Yeah. I uh I haven't talked about this on the show yet, but I, I started a job at a bookstore and your first mistake was getting a job. I know. I should have should have stayed unemployed. Um I said this on Twitter, but I'm gonna say it again. Uh I was stalking the shelf a few few days ago, the shelf that had like um special needs parenting books, and I suddenly realized that I recognized a bunch of those books from my mom having those when i was a kid no <laughs> and uh. so i posted that on twitter and my mom who has a twitter apparently uh she doesn't ever use it so i forget she has it it's just like a empty like it doesn't have an avatar you know it's one of those accounts oh, yeah. yeah i got just you. I got co- you. all it ever does is occasionally retweet a pastor it uh just shows up out of nowhere and says the books didn't work. Oh no. <laughs> you got roasted by your own mom. I know. So then That's... like my brother and a few others led a campaign to get that tweet to have more likes than my original tweet. You got ratioed so, by your mom. I, I got ratioed by my own mother, yeah. That's that's Shakespeare couldn't write a better tragedy. I'm I'm convinced. It really is. It's really tragic. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, so I'm trying to trying to get used to uh, working again. My feet hurt all the time. Oh, yeah. As everybody knows if, if you're coming here yeah. from uh, like Mammonberg viewership, uh, I am a horrible little Panera gr- bread grunt. So mm-hmm. that's my in New Jersey, no less. So I get my oh, shins man. kicked in bi-weekly. <laughs> it's just, yeah, because your entire, uh, yeah, entire customer clientele is just all like loud Italians that are mad at you all the time. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, so. yes. 
mostly mm-hmm. suburbanites of like largely Italian, <laughs> largely Italian. Descent. It's it's the it's the Sopranos thing where they're like you know they've kind of class wise surpassed the whole Italian immigrant vibe, but they're still trying to hold on to that identity so they get more Italian. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean as a as a little halfling Italian, that's yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where you're ringing the their Padera order up and it's quiet and they're like, you know, Columbus was Italian. <laughs> you, hey, hey, you know, Columbus was Italian, man. You don't even understand. You don't even understand. You're in New Jersey and you don't understand that this guy, this guy, the guy this country, man, like, holy, holy, holy shit. Absolute, absolutely poggers. <laughs> that's supposedly a slur i found uh, that i've been avoiding that oh, discourse fat ass white no. girls yeah whatever it is i don't know what it is <laughs> yeah that, that's what it's short for i don't uh, listen man uh the the way we're going to be talking about this that's what it stands for yes, that's the that's reason that everybody <laughs> yes that's the reason literally. everybody's canceling each other i mean for using the way the we're going to talk about this movie is i hate george so much that like people are going to think i'm going to do a hate crime so that's good <laughs> okay like he gonna... he stirs in me a searing resentment of which uh, is like unrivaled all right well let, you know what let's get moving here i'll formally introduce the show uh welcome to very legal very cool uh a podcast about my guest hating the only black character in the movie yes god <laughs> yes and i'm not afraid to say it's, it not the only one. Hello and welcome everybody to Very Legal, Very Cool. I am joined today by Phil, uh, a fellow co-host from Mammonberg. You may have caught on by now that I have, I've run out of guests, so I'm just bringing on my co-hosts from Mammonberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love shameless like plugs. Ooh, it is an enormous... Favorite. Not not to spoil ahead, but then I, I have Alien as the next guest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Gosh! Oh shit! We still haven't paid him for last month. Mo- ah, oh shit! We yeah, we gotta pay him. It's okay, guys. We don't pay our editor. We don't have money. <laughs> we don't. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I'm joined today by Phil, fellow co-host from Mammonberg. Why, why don't you introduce yourself pretty briefly here? Hi, I'm I'm Phil. I'm very illegal and very uncool. So I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing on this podcast, but that's generally the the trend here <laughs> but essentially uh yeah i'm a i'm a filmmaking student uh we're going to be talking about a film uh i'm i'm just a i'm a shitty little little commie film student obviously mm-hmm. you know look, looking mm-hmm. at and i'm a, obviously i gotta throw the the jesus freak on that too so you know obviously yeah. i'm the least i am the least cool person i'm like you walk into a room and they're like there are like three <laughs> Yeah, you meet, you meet a film student and you're like, oh, Jesus. And then they're like, ah, I'm a Christian film student. And you're like, oh, Jesus. Oh, yes, which means I my <laughs> diet consists solely of pure flicks. And uh, The Silent? <laughs> What's that? I've never heard of The Silence. Who's Martin Scorsese? <laughs> what? There are good Christian films? Uh, Who's Andre Tarkovsky? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. I've never watched The Mirror. Yeah, it's like maybe you watch First Reformed, but you're like, ah, I don't like that they kissed. <laughs> oh see too too chaste too chaste too, josiah 
Yeah. It's this. Uh, but yeah, today we are going to talk about um, a week away the Netflix original film that is kind of like uh the christian evangelical high school musical set at a summer camp no wait i have to do like a shitty nostalgia critic intro where it's like our film's so bad it makes me want to take a week away on vacation to recover oh yeah that's great that's That's it yeah we're watching we watched that I didn't even and, understand why the movie was called a week away because like at a, at a one time, like the, the guy who runs the camp and this is out of, chron- this is a nitpick. So I'm doing it out of chronological order. Cause we're going to tell the, we're going to tell the whole, the whole story. But like, he says like, it's their last week at summer camp. And I'm like, wasn't it only one week? What's going on? I, I thought it was called a week away. Is there multiple <laughs> weeks away? You couldn't have called it a week away. You gotta call it like weeks a, away. A month I don't know. Away. I don't. <laughs> Multiple weeks away. Yeah. And that's only my nitpicks. But yeah, it's it's a it's a film a musical set at a Bible camp. Um, there wasn't even and, and one think, Bible. Wait, yeah, no, there we'll, was one Bible. We'll, one we'll get into it. We'll get into this. Oh, I, I think God. a central question for us is whether or not. What, whether or not this is even a Christian movie, I think is a weird question to ask. I we'll, know we'll, it feels we'll, so stapled we'll on. We'll get into it. But first, I think I was going to ask you, Phil, do you have any like, uh, like Bible camp experiences? Like, did you, you grow up going I went, to Bible camp? I went to, I went camps? to vacation Bible school a lot. And that was, I okay. I did a lot yeah, of yeah. vacation Bible school. That was it. I never went to an official Jesus, like evangelical Jesus camp, but okay. I was a boy scout. Okay, so I have yeah. a lot of I have a lot of camp experience, and this is like yeah. What I will say that they shot this as an at an actual camp, except for like some of the interior scenes where I'm like, where is yeah. this? What's going on? Like, what? This doesn't look like a camp. <laughs> Everyone knows that if you're if you're a Boy Scout and you you went to like like the the one I have fondest memories of is Forestburg. It's literally just like mm-hmm. a bunch of buildings like spaced out that you have to walk everywhere to. And like, yeah, no pathways, just a bunch of dirt, a, a lake that's yeah. like festering with lake weed, which is like seaweed, but worse. Yeah. And then like myths about a crocodile that lives in the lake. That's not really. Real. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a camp. I, uh, I went to a couple, like a lot of Bible camps growing up. And I think like my weird ecumenicism uh, kind of comes from that because I, so it's like, I was raised reformed, right? But I went to, um, at least two or three times a charismatic Bible camp. Oh no, um, those are the worst. Yeah. And I also I also went to a reformed Bible camp, which was um yeah, just mostly mostly just like a normal camp, except we like all confessed our sins at one point. But like Lovely, lovely. <laughs> no, there was there was music and stuff, but I don't know. I, I had a lot of experience with like Bible camps. And uh one thing that well, part of the reason I kind of like don't buy this movie because, okay, uh, I looked at like IMDb or Letterboxd. I, I don't remember what it was. And somebody, I was wanting to see like, who are the people who like this movie? Like, who's, who's this movie for? Because that was the whole thing I was thinking the entire time I watched it is, 
Yeah, who you know, is- I've watched a lot of evangelical shitty movies. I know who God's Not Dead is for. I don't know if I could tell you who this movie is for. Obviously, I, God's I don't Not know. Dead is for Kevin Sorbo fans. Die yeah, hard and- Kevin Sorbo fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, All three but- of them. <laughs> and somebody somebody who gave it five stars was like, oh, man, I loved this movie because it reminded me of all the life-changing experiences I had had as Bible camps when I was growing up. And maybe they just had a different experience with Bible camps. I never had a Bible camp that was like this. All things no. considered, this was closer to like Boy Scout camp if it was like co-ed. No, it was. If I it mean, was the like thing a co-ed that lost, Boy Scout. Like, the thing yeah. that lost me is that not everyone was wearing either gym shorts or tan shorts. Gym tan or green <laughs> shorts. Because like, like you're too lazy. You're too like lazy to invest in like more well, uniform shorts. So you wear like the same zip off green ones that you like wear all week yeah. and eventually they just <laughs> stink so bad that you just never want to take them off never also lost me because no one said our eternal scoutmaster in the, uh, <laughs> the in the interfaith services so like obviously did you have a did you have a really uh uh like religious boy scout experience or well, was it all, just... see the thing is like boy scouts is interfaith but like inundated with like various conservative religious groups there are like uh-huh. entire troops that are like Orthodox. Lot there used to be a lot of Mormons. Mormons were the biggest oh, financial contributors. Yeah, Mormons were the biggest financial I, contributors to Boy Scouts as an organization. The Boy Scout troop I was in when I was uh, in in high school was a evangelical one. So my my high school like my Boy Scout experience yeah, is altered it's, by that. It's not it was li- li- literally straight straight up. Our troop number was Troop Three Sixteen. I bet you can guess where they got that number from. Oh boy, is it is it a reference to a Bible quote? It I is. <laughs> we gotta keep them guessing, but boys. I, I guess, like, the thing is, okay, for for me, I understand this. Like, a lot of the most like really intense religious experiences I'd had, where I was like, "Yes, I'm religious," you know, like came to me in like Bible Bible camps. So like I kind of understand what this movie's trying to do, like trying to tap into that, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah because it is like a I think a for at least a lot of people that's like a really strong experience. And especially the charismatic Bible camps I went to because so I don't know. It's hard not to believe when you see somebody like speaking a tongues. Oh yeah, baby. even though now, even though now, I think that was most likely fake. Uh, but you know, at the time, it's like, oh my god, like it's this is the proof of the thing is happening right in front of me. And no, then they like, also you know, go on to tell me like, you know, the culture is satanic, and you need to yeah, it's okay. stop watching movies. I mean, all you have to do, <laughs> all you have to do to speak in tongues is just really do a really bad Porky Pig impression, like <laughs> like have a stroke on stage, obviously. Right, right, right. Well, uh, let's but let's get started on the movie here. Um, before that, I do have to tell you about my my big one of the biggest religious services I ever went to because uh, yeah, I went that. to the Boy Scout Jamboree mm. in like and they had on Sunday that week. They had us all go to our respective religious services. So I was raised Lutheran. So mm. I went to the Lutheran one and I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be most Lutheran ministers are like, I would say the worst you can get is a boring one. Right. So it's usually not so bad. Like they don't say anything whack, but I got, I accidentally, I think I went, I accidentally like caught the tail end of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. <laughs> I think I caught the tail end of that one while we were waiting for the Lutherans yeah. to get set up. Like I was just standing in the field cause they had one stage and they, they, it all happened at different times and we were early. 
So mm. I just hear this guy, and this is the funniest thing I've ever experienced. And it made me like, <laughs> it's, it's always made me like, just sit there and be like, wow, I actually listened to this. And it was a guy who was a Mormon who saw a provocative photo of a woman naked or like doing some, <laughs> some sexual act. Like, I think he either walked into a store or like, it was just hanging up somewhere. He just was at a place. And this was there, and he saw it, and he was like, I had to shield my eyes, and and it was burned into my brain forevermore, and I had to resist the temptation. And, like, and I'm trying to, like, the thing is, if you've ever heard of Mormon service, they are excellent at, like, latching onto one thing that is, like, to most people, like, even most other Christians, like, dude, you saw a photo of a naked lady, big deal, like... Yeah, and then yeah. just go on about it and like somehow tie it into the slow degradation of humankind, you know, something like that. But it's like, dude, but, you know, it's a big deal. I saw like a Coke ad with like a, like a pretty lady on it. You want me to like talk about how that ruined me spiritually for years? I don't. Yeah, I don't you're, you're ruined now. That's the end. Soiled. Absolutely soiled. <laughs> this guy was like, I'm pretty sure he went home, took out a whip and started like professing his like doing some absolute like what they think catholic people do when they're not looking (laughs) this absolute self-flagellation i i think this is a good way of setting this up here because i think when you so comparing this movie to actual experiences because actual actual bible camp experiences are usually really intense and if you're in the right spots they're really like weirdly weird self-flagellation um i I remember like i was raised reformed reformed people are all millennial they're not pre-millennial they they think the book of revelations is metaphorical i was not scared of the book of revelations until i had been to a charismatic bible camp oh my god ruined me ruined me for years of my life that was like my biggest the thing is most like biblical scholars agree that the book of revelations is not to be taken literally yeah is a vision but it's a metaphorical vision because literally it's a it's a theme in the entire book like in every book of the bible that god speaks to people in like metaphors when he comes and gives people visions that's just how it works and so comparing all that to then this movie, it's like, that's kind of jarring to me because like my experiences were not, do not line up with this movie. No. I mean, nobody and, was and singing. Uh... Obviously no one's singing. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's get into this movie. Yes, let's get into it. So my first first note is the stop motion credit sequence was surprisingly not trash. Yeah, so, so yeah, so the movie opens on, yeah, like some singing, some music. You know this is going to be a musical. And there's like little stop motion of like shoes being cute. I don't know. No, well, Um, I also wrote... It's well done. I don't know. I wrote a uh, Boca cross in the center of the frame sneakily tells you it's a Christian movie. Like, so <laughs> do, you, do you know what Boca is? Yeah, I do. But you should so, explain it for that. Yeah. So to anyone who isn't for film and photography geeks, if you're not a film and photography, it's the out of focus area in an image, usually created by like lenses with either like shallow depth of field or like mm-hmm. just anything that's out of focus. So what happened is that they they there's a shot where they're showing the um 
I'm just going to call her main character girl because I only absorbed the names of people I hated. Avery. Yeah, Avery. Uh, basically, they show her bed and like her cross is like dangling on her bed, which is weird because she never takes it off. So I'm like, why would you put it there? In, hi- <laughs> in hindsight, it doesn't make much sense. But like they, they put it like out of focus in the background and it's never in focus while her like little little stop motion like oh this is my bed it's i'm packing mm. for camp and then i'm like <laughs> and like as a filmmaker you're you learn that like visual language is important in how like interpreting the themes of a film that like yeah. it won't spell out via its plot what the movie is actually about but usually most good films use mm-hmm. its visuals to convey emotion storytelling it's not verbal it's visual Mm-hmm. So literally that tells me uh, the Jesus stuff is out of focus. We just, we don't know what's going on. Oh, that's a great way to analyze. Okay. Well, yeah, we're going to reinter. We are going to return to the theme of the Jesus stuff being out of focus. No, literally but, um, like that's, but that's like, that's film criticism, baby. So- to get rolling here, all of a sudden we cut from that cute song to um, our, our protagonist here, Will, is running away from the cops while holding a guitar. I, now, I and, said <laughs> the main ca- Are, Were you on the same page as me? Because I wrote, <laughs> I wrote the main character simply just awful at running and stumbling frequently. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, he's running from the cops. Why does he have a guitar? Why does he have the guitar? I yeah, mean, I... See, I mean, that, I, I, I know it's sense. it's there for the visual thing, like you're saying. It's trying to communicate. This is the musician guy. Yeah, they're in a musical now. What, but, whatever. But why? Why did he bring a guitar with him to? What? What comes out is he was trying to steal a cop car. And, yeah. How? But, how did? How did he? Why did he have the guitar with him? What? What was he gonna do? <laughs> no, but like literally later on in this, we never find out why he stole the cop car in the first place. It yeah, it's just because he's bad. Because that's what it's trying to communicate. This is a kid. Yeah, that's it's bad. communicating that he's so, bad, but like it never tells you like anything, like any of it never puts anything in context. Right. So we cut that, to this authority figure, right? I don't even who who is the guy supposed to be? Even? Well, I before that, I was just gonna say that oh, they yeah. overuse when the cop put presses him up against the wall. I said mm-hmm. overuse of Boca when the cop presses him against the wall in an attempt to look cinematic. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, like, when he's pressed up against the wall, the wall next to him and the wall, like, behind him are out yeah. of focus both. And only he and the cop are in focus. And I'm like, that's useless. That's literally useless. <laughs> okay, so, so this authority figure it cuts to, who who is this supposed to be? He was it's like, like a, I wrote corrections officer slash, I think yeah. he works for family services. We're going to have to, yeah, because we're going to. We're gonna have to talk about this this whole dynamic here, but yeah. So it cuts and he's like, uh, yeah, he, it's at a six, family services building. Yeah, six years, seven schools, twenty two homes. That's just a, record. a bunch of numbers. And one you shouldn't be proud of. And which I mean, to be fair, like <laughs> going through twenty two foster homes in six years is pretty awesome. But uh, also, <laughs> like, not to mention, you're a good kid, man. Literally, I wrote here within seconds of the main character being talked to by a corrections officer slash family services employee, his character mm-hmm. traits have been explained to the audience instead of shown. <laughs> like, he's just like, you're a good kid. You're smart. You're funny. You're talented. All these good things, but you're shit. You're terrible. My God, I hate you. I'm blanking on this. I'm blanking on this because uh, I was thinking the same thing. I'm blanking on the guy on Twitter, but there's a guy who does these really funny videos because he's an actor and he'll do things like um, every like sip 
stripling in a movie or something like it or every every ch- uh, child in a movie to like establish that they're the kit child oh, yeah. and it's him eating and he just keeps going i am your child after all i am your child or of course mom my mother <laughs> literally <laughs> you know? i thought he was gonna like just like do like the scout law and just be like listen kid you're trustworthy loyal helpful friendly courteous, <laughs> kind, cheerful obedient brave clean and reverent oh my god yeah i can't, I can't and i still remember that. it god i, I still remember, remember all that but it's like ingrained <laughs> in my brain josiah it's branded onto my scent like my prefrontal cortex but so okay so like like so the movie has a real great habit of just in yeah like you said just telling you stuff not only like, that but it just drops people into situations I, and it's like honest, yeah they I, got here naturally this this guy does not come off as someone who stole a cop car through the rest no, of doesn't. the movie he is not like that vibe he's just frankly he's just supposed to be like kind of knock off J- zach efron like cool kid not only that, but like, I also like, wrote later on in the nerds, uh, yeah. not the ner- the nerds, yes, my nerds. Yeah, the nerds, yeah. Mm-hmm. My nerds. So in my nerds, I said that uh, quite literally, his face is like irrevocably like torn into a smirk the entirety of the movie. <laughs> well, there's yeah, like he, never, he, he there's doesn't a never like shot where he's like not smirking. I hate yeah, it. He doesn't look like he does Grand Theft Auto. He looks like he says a, a like a, a rude comment. That's kind yeah. of the vibe he gives off. Not only that, but did you notice the S on the whiteboard? Like the, the S, you know what I'm talking I about? Hated the super, I didn't see that he drew the super S. This movie is culturally behind on so much by like 10 years. Yeah, I know. Like, well, okay, let's get into this now. Okay. Let's okay, okay. So so facility officer, right? He's like, well, you have two options. Either you could go to Juvie. It's Juvie, baby. Or, and then he introduces him to a family that's going to take him to a Bible camp. So he has to choose between a Bible camp and Juvie. But but what kid wouldn't choose Juvie? Oh, also, uh, also, it does get let know that Will Will lost his parents. His parents are dead. Um, Batman origin which, story, which, you know, which is another one of those. The movie just tells it to you rather than like finding oh, a way yeah. to show it to you because I mean, it, 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 like, it, it like it cuts died. to him just being like, I know it's been hard since your parents died. It's like, you really just don't know how to write this at all, do you? So, <laughs> I mean, not only that, but I said within seconds of meeting George and his mother, I was actually surprised this film would have black characters in it. Okay, so yeah, so the family that's gonna take him to a Bible camp is is yeah George, and uh, what's his mom's name? To be honest, do uh, they ever even say? They do, but I remember. I think they call her by noticing name it once in the film. Kristen, Kristen. That's it. I, I had to I had to like write it down because it never got said until like way later on. Okay, but anyway. So George and Kristen. Kristen's his mom. George is the kid. You hate George. Let, no, why, I, let's get into that. I hate George, but I also want to say that it's super weird how disappointed they got when like he initially declines. Oh yeah. Like they're yeah, just that like, was oh weird. my god, they're like so torn up about him. Like you've literally never met this guy. Yeah, you can tell George is a freak because yeah, he's George never, is a freak. I he's never you. met this guy in his life, and he's like so excited to take this random kid i know to like he's just like <laughs> this he's, guy who just tried to steal a cop car he's like yeah he's just like, I'm oh my so, god we're I'm, just like super duper like emoji bros bros okay and i was gonna say the whole being outdated by 10 years thing we gotta get into why does george say epic 
so much. Why is he obsessed with Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off? That's another thing. <laughs> there are so many questions. There are so many questions, Josiah. He's just weird. He's just a weird kid. Oh, and I said, uh, literally in my notes, I just wrote, I already hate George. Like, so <laughs> I, I wrote in my notes, I guess we're going to summer camp instead of jail with a question mark. Question mark. Like that's a, that's a legal system that makes any very sense. Very legal and very cool. It's very legal and very cool. That's right. But uh, basically. And so then. And, and then the, the first... movie just ass assaults us with Christianity. I know. Like... I know. I literally. I said that. The, here's what. God. Josiah, you and I have the same brain. Yeah, I think we're noticing the same stuff this whole time. Because I just this said. Is... I said his first song starts out with the. Like. Literally, it starts out with the lyrics, started out this morning in the usual way, when he was literally running from the cop. <laughs> it lit, the first line is, started out in the usual way. Like, my yeah, morning, this is, and this I'm is like, you I, stole I, a cop car. How is that normal for you? That's his normal day. <laughs> and then and then after that, it's like, I, I literally wrote the first song is super jarring because prior to it, Literally, no one has mentioned Christianity or faith in any way. Like, it gets into it super quick and weird. Yeah, because it's just like, he the, the song just starts singing about and Jesus all of a sudden. And she whips out a Bible? It's, it's almost but in such is... a way, it, it's it's almost in such a way that they're winking at the camera while they do I know, it. Kind of like, most, uh, oh yeah. overt it ever gets. <laughs> that's the weirdest thing. It starts off strong and then the rest of the movie, it just like slowly peters out like a wet fart. What's going on? I'm so confused because <sighs> oh, it starts God. out so strong. It like assaults her. She's got a Bible. She's like, She's dropping the G man, the J man, but I forgot letters by name. Like <laughs> God, it's oh my! It's it's so weird because yeah, because yeah, as as we're saying, like, the theology of this movie gets weird. But I hate it because the main character acknowledges the tonal whiplash. That's why I hate it. He makes like a <laughs> this is weird. Like he just says like in the hallway when everyone's singing about Jesus, he like smirks and goes like. Oh man, this is kind of weird. And like, there's there's obvious tonal whiplash, and he acknowledges it, and I don't understand. <laughs> Only gets better from here, folks. But yeah, and a, a one other thing about the song too is like, I, I think getting into the what what the hell this movie believes. One thing that's really odd is the only time it conjures up God really in song this is one of the few songs it does that in and the whole thing got what god does according to this song is send people on adventures yeah that's that's what the song's about how what are how... you gandalf <laughs> <laughs> which you know i guess is sweet and all but like i don't there's nothing there's nothing substantial there at all <laughs> yeah man uh god totally sent jesus on an adventure that's why he got um uh, yeah, you know that's the, why the, that ended well you know the martyrs <laughs> it was a listen real guys adventure. we were just we were just sending joan of arc on an adventure you know <laughs> nothing bad about that but like, here's another thing. Here's another thing. So I want to analyze some of the lyrics because I wrote some commentary on okay, like, yeah. some of the first songs. And I was like, so there's a line in the in the intro because th there is no, mind you, this sometimes this movie doesn't have pauses between songs. <laughs> It'll literally just like, because you know how most musicals do this thing where each song is almost like, I would feel 
is thematic. Like, have you ever watched La yeah. La Land? I'm not that big of a fan of it. I don't really like it. Right. I don't like mu- I don't like movie musicals really. But yeah, from a structural standpoint, from a structural filmmaking standpoint, each song is more or less evenly spaced out in the plot, and each serves a plot-driven purpose. This movie doesn't do that. <laughs> does not follow that convention at all. No, we'll it have doesn't. To get in later, where there is a there is such a there is a song that gets dropped later in this that does not serve the plot at all and if anything makes only makes sense if you were raised evangelical but we'll get there. is it uh, is it my god is an awesome it, we're gonna oh, no it's dive it's dive no <laughs> god anyway, we're gonna talk so, about the dive we'll get back to it no but like here's okay so in the first song that i gotta do some theological analysis oh yeah yeah that's right uh, yeah I, so I said, so in the in the song, they say, going to leave long-faced religion in a cloud of dust behind. Do you remember <laughs> that? No, I don't. There's what a, a lot. I line. literally, because I kept pausing the movie and, like, I put subtitles on when I watch movies because I like reading the dialogue. Yeah. And as Boon Jung-ho says it, it, like, literally it just opens so many doors for foreign films. Just go watch a foreign film, you uncultured sicko. Like, That's anyway. right. To the person watching this, I hate you. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So um very Christian of me, obviously. But uh-huh. <laughs> so literally it says the line is gonna leave long-faced religion in a cloud of dust behind. And I just wrote something that I thought was pretty smart. I said that like implying the problem with the Christian tradition is the solemn slash serious nature traditional denominations often present with. When, in my opinion, the lack of exposure to saints, intellectuals, etc., creates a very surface-level understanding of the faith. Yeah, like that's yeah. Well, because that's and that's kind of the thing, right? Is this whole movie is about kind of uh, well, I guess what is it even about? But yeah, it, it, it's 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 trying to kind of it's it's going to be fun. That's what they're saying. Is this is this is the fun Christianity? Yeah, but it, but but it treats religious beliefs as just like fun. <clears throat> Yeah. Like yeah. that people they, engage they, they, with them solely to have fun. Solely to have fun. And then it hints at later to to kind of slightly make sense of trauma. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but I also wrote, uh, I could feel the, uh, this is right after I wrote something I'd like to think is very smart, uh, like, like line <laughs> criticism. I wrote, um, I could feel the, the motherfucking main character's massive boner upon looking at the female lead. <laughs> It's really kind of gross, yeah. Yeah, just like gawking. he bites his lip a little bit. He's going in. He's going in. <laughs> All right, so we got so we got Avery, and then of course we introduce the you know every movie needs an antagonist, the the asshole. Oh yeah, I said I, guess, I said here Sean is constantly out of breath. <laughs> he's 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 the. I don't know. What is his defining characteristic aside from arrogant asshole? Is that it? Obsession with narwhals. Oh, yeah. He likes narwhals. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote Mm -hmm. uh, weird obsession with narwhals. Yeah. Yeah. So I also I also wrote uh, for for reference, if this film wasn't so desperately, horribly straight, I would have assumed half of these people are as gay as I am. Oh my god. So then uh Sean's like who's this to Will? And then Will Ch- or t- sorry, Sean asks George who Will is. And Will cuts George off and goes, "Oh, actually we're cousins. We're we're related. We're family." The first lie. Which is yeah, which, 
it's the most like you can feel them look at the camera and wink like you get it because one of them's white and one of them's black yes you see uh, that's impossible <laughs> you get the joke everybody <laughs> also uh, at this point at this point i was like 15 minutes into the movie and i wrote uh weird pacing issues moving extremely fi- fast with little time to contemplate anything yes because it's trying to immediately it also set up does all a these lot characters of- yeah, and it does a lot of weird quick cuts, too. Like, there are shots, and I'm not saying, like, stylistically you can't do that. Obviously, as a filmmaker, it works. But, like, it works in short bursts. If the entire, like, first 20 movie minutes of your like... movie exists entirely in, like, quick cuts, I'm sorry, I have to go to the hospital. My neck is broken from whiplash. Yeah, it's like seizure, just having a seizure. Oh, wait, uh, Josiah, Josiah. You yeah. remember this absolute banger? What's that? Glorious head of man hair. <laughs> Why? Who said that to who? I forgot. The, the the camp counts. The guy who owns the camp, her Avery's father. Oh, the guy yeah, who, yeah. The guy who is the only recognizable actor in this film, but yet I couldn't remember who he was. <laughs> who does? Who plays David? It's that. Um, like you, you know who it is, but you don't. Let me see real quick. I'll cut this pause. Where is it? Uh, David Kochner. Yeah, Kochner, that's it. Kochner, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that it. Oh, it's literally a guy named David playing David. That's funny. Um, yeah. So, so then uh, we we cut to introducing yeah, um, kind of the adults of this camp, the people who run the camp. One is of course Kristen, who we already met. Uh, you know George's mother, and the other is Avery's mother, date or uh, Avery's father, father uh, David. Good for her. Um, and they they are reading through um his will's file will's permanent uh, record yeah which i don't know where they got that but they're Every kids got a they're, file i guess and they're like they're like oh look at all this bad stuff he does and then one of the terrible things he did is and i know this is supposed to be a joke but it still doesn't even really work that he tried uh, to sell his high school on craigslist he, yeah what does that mean <laughs> He and, tried to sell the building, I guess. I guess, but I don't know. I feel like I've done bits like that before. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know if that's that illegal. <laughs> it's that, very illegal and very uncool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. Im- that's not like if I were trying to communicate this kid's fucked up. That's not what I would throw in there. I don't. Speaking know. of fucked up kids, mm. um, George knows his crush's foot size, and I hate him even more. Yeah. So Seven- let's get to that. Seven and a half narrow. Let's get to that. So Kristen points out, make, makes a comment about how George, George and uh, George and Will will be staying in the legit cabin. I don't. I still don't know why. They I call also it that. wrote in my notes trying to make an extremely normal cabin weird. It just yeah, yeah. Like so, so they're trying to be like, this is the bad cabin, the shitty one that for some reason George loves. All it's and got it, are like a few taxidermy. It's it. so nice. <laughs> like, that is so much nice. I got it. We're we're both. Yeah, we were both former Boy Scouts. I I would have killed to fucking have a, ta- a cabin no, like, like that. Listen, like, I went to Jesus. a camp called Baiting Hollow, and this is one of my former. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the best camp experiences I ever had because the the lake was like that color of lakes that are not good. Uh, and also, <laughs> and also, uh, I remember like moving in on day one and lifting up one of the flaps to find that an ant colony, like a colony of insects, had like made its home there. That yeah. literally covered, literally 
covered three feet of the tent flap in just like thick <laughs> ant. Like they were just all over it. So right. many ants that like it, you could not see the the flap right. underneath. Oh God, Jesus. Also, I said that the movie is desperately trying to have self-aware and quirky dialogue. The whole first exchange between uh, Will <sighs> and George is makes me want to die. Yeah. Now, to, to be clear, this is all cringe, but I will say, like, all the cringiness of this movie is is cringiness you could find in most Netflix originals. And oh, that's yeah, what's no, kind of really odd about this film, because it's not bad in the way that evangelical movies are normally bad it's bad in a way that a netflix original that's been spat out really quickly and that's what's weird about because evangelical movies are so dogmatic yeah they're ham-fisted they're preachy usually this isn't really that it's and that's what's and that's what's unsettling about it because I was talking to a few people about this movie um, on the VLVC Discord actually, yeah. which which is open to join and people should join it. Um, but it there's something unsettling about it because of the fact that it is clearly being marketed toward evangelicals. Like yeah, yeah, we haven't formally said this, but like Stephen Curtis Chapman uh, played a big like helped write some of the soundtrack. Also. Um, Oh, a bunch of other evangelical people. I'm blanking on names of bunch of people. Bunch of people wrote wrote for this. Like it's it's clearly marketed for that. However, when it gets to the actual content, the lack of preachiness almost freaks me out. Yeah, no, it because does. Because it, it's, it's like, like that it's would like, be okay, easy. That would make it so then, easy. But why isn't the re- like? It's like, well, why is the religion even here? Why is it, feels it being very marketed ancillary. this way if it's not going to include any of that? Which then, like, in that, that's the thing. That's kind of the question I was, like, posing to Phil before he watched it that I've been thinking about is what does this movie even believe? And I I don't I don't know what it believes. I, I think I have some answers um, at the end. Because I have yeah, some we'll get to it. Yeah, we, we should probably push our way through this movie so we can have time to discuss God, it. Okay, so afterwards. I'm going to quick call okay. a few things. Uh, one... Once the main character said, I have to be something I'm not to fit in, I knew how much I was going to hate this movie. (laughs) And also, that was followed by the worst Yoda impression I've ever heard. Yeah, that's terrible. And this is just a film film kid thing, but I then wrote underneath that, the ghost of Joss Whedon haunts all media and I will never Mm -hmm. escape him. Um, there's also they also both like salivate at their individual crushes in a gross and weird way. I said everyone Uh, (laughs) in this film is so goddamn horny. This that's the note after the Joss Whedon note, Josiah. This this movie is somehow horny and sexless. I I don't know how to. I I literally wrote that. God. (laughs) Wait, wait. I gotta find the note. I gotta find the note. Oh. God. And I don't, I don't just mean that there's no sex in the movie. That's fine. I don't expect Jeez, that from this God. movie. And then, and, and, and you know, whatever. But like, it's like somehow horny and not at this. It's like I don't know. It's something really weird of off-putting about the vibe of this movie. Um. Oh, I said, uh, movie. Yeah, I found the note. I said the movie is simultaneously sexless and horny. Yeah. <laughs> you literally said that, Jesus. Um, let's see. Uh, so George is going to help Will be someone he's not. And Will's going to help George, uh, with his crush Presley, who we've, we've not mentioned here, who he knows the foot size of. Um, yes, obviously. So do you want to so, talk about the song good enough? Yeah. We'll, that we'll kinda... get to that in just a second here. I think, yeah. right. 
Um, there's also this is just a throwaway thing, but uh, Will says to George at some point, "What's the plan, Rain Man?" Which is, I know, just a boardroom of evangelicals trying to think of cultural references. No, I that, know there's so many that that is totally an autism joke. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, first off, Rain Man is probably one of the worst films when you're talking about the autistic community. Sure, it's not. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's about not that. good. It's, it's but not great. Calling someone Rain Man, especially if it's the character that's like the weird guy. That yeah. <laughs> that They're so all weird. sitting there like clapping around, like good, good line, boys. That good was line. A great line. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um but yeah and so they've signed up for paintball that they'll play later and, yeah, and that's uh, that's the song good enough follows and, and, and know, that's it, the song that gave me the most prosperity preaching yeah vibes. yeah yeah because what happens yeah the the avery and will flirt and then george and presley can't flirt because they're both you know socially awkward and unable to communicate with each other so then it breaks in this song about like where avery is hyping up presley to talk to George and uh, Will is hyping up George to talk to Presley and it's about like whether or not you're good enough and it's really yeah <laughs> and the the deep thing because for every stupid comment I got here I got something mm -hmm. that I, th I think is actually a pretty apt description of the film I yeah. said uh movie treats doubt self self-imposed or otherwise as unnecessary or foolish yeah it does do that yeah and, but that's the thing, because it doesn't deal with doubt in a dogmatic way. No, it deals either. in like an abstract it, way. It it well, it's almost like it just kind of poo-poos it. Like it's just like gone. It's like yeah, it's no, like it's yeah, like... doubt just doesn't. It's just don't. Like just well, don't okay. do it. Don't not, doubt not, yourself. You're just not so... to skip too much ahead. But like when when there's finally one bit of substance about theology where Will is like, you know, I'm mad about I'm mad at God because my parents died. The we'll movie doesn't to... doesn't answer that question. So. <laughs> I literally, you know? I have notes about that. Okay, We're yeah, we'll get there. That's near the end. But, um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so there's a song singing about being good enough. Uh, Sean is being a dick to George afterwards. I said Sean is the worst antagonist, because he is. He's not yeah. even like a, I want to, I would hesitate the word to use the word antagonist, because like, even yeah. when he's at his most villainous, he's villainous in the way like, a, like a choir kid is villainous. <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's an evangelical type of villain too i think that i mean i think that was accidental but one thing that was interesting is sean is totally the product of evangelicalism like yeah, no Sh sean is. sean is one of the only characters in this movie that's recognizable to me no because he's <laughs> like... he's the person who's like i do all of this stuff therefore i deserve the most stuff in return like that, yeah. that like prosperity preaching like the christianity solely is a tool for getting what you want yeah. in life and that if you do x amount of good things x amount of good things will happen to you and make your life awesome and uh he like saves narwhals and like yeah. you know etc etc uh he, he even makes a reference to giving blood and i'm like dude you're not special atheists yeah. give blood people from other religions give blood giving blood is literally just one he of the most normal things you can do People who need money like me give blood. <laughs> <laughs> People who need money like me deal in black ar a black market organ uh -huh. harvesting. People who need money fast give up kidneys. 
<laughs> losing the plot um also sean's little like posse is called the apostles which we'll get to where that name kind of comes from but um then there's like this little jab will does that i think is kind of funny where he's like are you saying you're jesus <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that was pretty funny I, that, I liked that. that i have to admit was a pr pretty okay line yeah it's a testament to the movie though that that's one of the only times jesus comes up yeah uh, that is that's so weird <laughs> uh so we, yeah we get to the tribunal which um the whole uh using uh indigenous tr traditions in a, a weird way like oh, this should probably a, be should probably be should probably be recognizable to you as a former boy scout no i know because but... like they're they are super <laughs> weird but I also wrote in this scene, of course, this film would reference Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. David, the, the guy who owns the camp, David, likes Braveheart. So that's where that reference comes from. See, at the tribunal, they have like red, green, and blue um like are yeah. the different teams that people can go in for the like rest of the weeks like games and stuff and new new people are getting assigned like the sorting hat and harry potter right it's like yeah that is they come weird. up and and david like gives them a color um i also said so... unintentional commentary on evangelical tribalism oh yeah <laughs> yeah there you go um so then the actual name of the team though the red is the crimson angels the blue is the azure apostles which okay and uh the green Bad. is the verides maximus which that one is doesn't make any sense but anyway i don't um, even know what that's a reference to i don't even know what that's supposed to be um anyway but yeah so green is of course uh george's team so then will is put into that avery's team is the crimson angels and then the the blue is uh is sean um and then they do this kind of like diss track white people rapping thing yeah it's pretty bad that was that was awesome it's like what people it's like people who watched hamilton for the first time that's what they think rap is. Yeah. no that's totally what it is where it's like like it's it's the sound of a 15 year old white kid trying to do the hamilton like soundtracks yeah it's pretty bad i'll probably throw a clip of that in i also wrote uh sean's arrogance is bad but Will's arrogance is good. Yeah, this is the difference. It's <laughs> the difference. Um, also, also Avery's arrogance. Sorry, there's a line in here. I, I don't want to get caught up on details like this. But one of her disses, she says that God loves the red team more. To which, which her father <laughs> has to, like, literally step in and say, no, 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 God loves Not us all. Kids. Yeah, this is you. <laughs> Uh, all right, we've made it through the first day of camp. <laughs> first day of camp, baby. All right, let's go, let's go. Red's gonna beat you, Red's gonna score. Red's gonna beat you, Red's gonna score. Red's gonna win, God loves us more. Red's gonna win, God loves us more. Yes, yes, God loves us all equally. Let the games begin. So, so we're up at the next morning. George wakes up Will uh will calls george a jesus freak or calls the camp full of jesus freaks which is just not a phrase anybody since like the 1990s has used i, I mean anyone except for dc talk really but anyway yeah. that's yeah I, I, it's also um, it's also weird because like the subtext of the of the movie is that like he was like because they never mentioned this at all and yeah it's just assumed and i'm like it's assumed that his belief system that he was brought up with 
was Christianity, I assume. Yeah, I can't tell what's going on, like what he's supposed to have. Because no, be. like he eventually like accepts it, I guess. Yeah, it's, I'm gonna say yeah. That's yeah. Not even, really, I'm gonna say a tentative <laughs> like yeah towards the end, uh-huh. but like that he accepts being a Christian, I guess. But I guess. like. I, I just throw my hands up and say yes. But like, what if he was a Jewish kid or like a Muslim kid or like any amount of yeah, this kid would... who had to get yeah. like sent, like sent to this camp, like any other belief system. And they're right. just like, man, now you're a Jesus camp, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> Great. Oh my God. No, nobody thought of that. That's not even a question. Social <laughs> services, very good, very based, very legal, very yeah. cool. Very legal, very cool. So then they uh, they're at the mess hall or whatever, eating eating food, and then there's this thing they do called Five Minutes of Fame, which is they put See, they, a, a they never a, did that. No. Yeah, I've never seen this in my life. I've never put seen a chair that. on top of the table, and then somebody will like call somebody down that has to sit up there, and then everyone can ask them questions, and they have to give the honest answer. Um, and anyway, so Will obviously gets called up because he's the new kid and it's like a hazing thing. And uh, sorry, one this okay, one thing I really want to throw out there is he, he's asked what his favorite book is. It says Twilight. He says Twilight. And this Twilight. is how I know this isn't a Bible camp because I've been, I was at charismatic Bible camps uh, and I remember a half hour long rant that a speaker at the camp went on about how Twilight is devil shit. So <laughs> that was one of those like little details that got through in that was like, I don't buy this movie for a second. <laughs> like, no, no, you're right. Because <laughs> obviously vampires, especially not Strigoi, like not mm-hmm. like the the shitty like, oh man, I'm a literal corpse, but like, hey guys, uh I'm just a teen who can't yeah. die. <laughs> I'm a strong teen. That's strong actually teen. several hundred years old. But um yeah, and then there's the whole classic. He's asked his favorite book of the Bible, and then he's like, Oh, I can't pick one. And because obviously he doesn't uh, know how to read. He's illiterate. Yep, yep. That's that's how what I took out of it. Yeah, because he can't he doesn't know the Bible. Um his heroes, his dad, his favorite person's his mom. There's again, the only character traits he's got is He's arrogant. He's and then no, but those are the two earnest answers. He yeah, gives. right. It, yes, for, for it's just such a two dimensional because it's like because wait, my favorite, my heroes, my dad, my my favorite person's my mom, my mom. but my parents, their dad, uh, take revenge. Uh, so he leaves. He steps out of the mess hall after that's done, and and David tells him that he's glad he's here. And also the camp is named, which hasn't been brought up until now, which that's odd, but is called A Week Away, which... A Week Away, A Week Away, A Week Away. Yeah, yeah. And it's supposed to mean A Week Away, but it's A Week Away. Anyway. um... Which sounds like, like there's a camp uh, I went to called Camp Nobi Bosco. Oh, yeah. That's actually, ironically, since I live in New Jersey, that's where they filmed the first Friday the 13th film. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're getting we're getting here. We're getting to a, a, a great part. So then, uh, okay, something about Avery the blob. Loves the blob. The blob. Got to talk about the blob. Okay. The blob. So. <laughs> they hype it up so much, and it's nothing, dude. It's, it's nothing. Nothing. So Avery says she loves being the blob, 
and then will does the the classic move as an arrogant guy where he's like i love being the blob too and everyone's like oh really and he doesn't know what it is but he's acting like you know oh yeah everyone called me blobtastic and what the blob is and again this doesn't really ever get fully no like it's it's just this is a throw okay so this is what i'm saying how the whole movie is built around just trying to fit certain songs in this is a scene that only makes sense to evangelicals i think because what happens is what what the blob is 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 like big like kind of half inflated inflatable thing in the water yeah it's in a lake jump off a diving board and land onto it and then whoever's also onto it goes flying yeah right no it's it's they do it at summer camps beaches it's it's yeah yeah it's one of those things and he's super nervous about going up on it i guess after he's already said that he loves doing it but he's that's the weird except for when he jumps and then we're we're suggested george was there because george is the one that goes flying no one else is around no one yeah so what does it mean to be the blob i don't know yeah what does it mean because it it sounds like it's gonna be another hazing ritual but then it's just him doing this alone with george so anyway but the only reason (laughs) they did this was to uh do the song uh dive by steven curtis chapman i didn't even know that <laughs> so was he's a, like a song because i i just said oh, so this truly, is huge <laughs> i just said some truly awful lens zooms during the blob song okay yeah i gotta i yeah i'm gonna stick you know that song okay, in this is it, this is dive, a filmmaking dive is, thing dive is one of the most omnipresent songs from my childhood like it's it is the corny christian song everyone was obsessed when it came out and it's has stayed obsessed for years it was like um it was like i'm trying to think of some example of like like okay this is kind of weird but like if you tried to give a character a dirty secret just so you could play dirty little secret by all american rejects and it would serve no other purpose that's what this was It had no reason aside from just the blob doesn't make any sense. And also there are some in the scenes that follow, there's some weird filmmaking shit. And it's the only time this shit comes up. Yeah. What is it? Say it. There's a weird lens zoom. So to those who don't know, uh, in filmmaking, you usually use prime lenses, except for the explicit purpose of zoom scenes. Do you know Mm -hmm. that? Okay. You ever watch the shining? Yeah. You know the scene with the dog guy, the this guy in the dog suit? Yeah. That's one of the best that's one of the best zoom shots in my opinion in film history just like cuz what they're doing is they're using a, a lens that can change focal lengths and that's what a zoom lens is. And that's how it mm-hmm. like creates the zooming in like motion. But they're almost right, exclusively right. used specifically for like documentaries. Most okay. narrative films use prime lenses. But for some reason, mid shot, they did like a weird pointless zoom. And I can't tell because there are two kinds of zooms in filmmaking in the digital age. Uh, There's manual lens zooms, which is what this one looked like. And then there are digital zooms. And a digital zoom is what happened when, uh, you know, when George is looking at himself in the mirror and they Mm. like kind of they do kind of like a Ken Burns, like just slowly shift it a little bit to make it look like. You know, yeah. he's like staring at his reflection. Mm-hmm. This looked like an in-camera zoom, which is weird because I can only list two other times. I think I saw it in the movie and I'm like, okay, that's just, and it seemed like a mistake too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to peg this. Like, this is the scene, like 
for some reason it zooms in on him for like half a second and then zooms out real quick while he's <laughs> on the like diving board area and i'm like did did they have a zoom lens on the camera and like somebody <laughs> like flicked it by accident and it changed focal lanes and they realized that and then like flicked it back yeah. i don't know that's it's, what it feels like it's so weird the way this whole and thing then there's is so like no but did you notice some of the weird b-roll yeah like in like the, what well, so in film productions, it's normal for you to have multiple cameras, an A cam and a B cam. Yeah. And while A camera is shooting other things, like the A cam is usually used for like primary stuff. Well, the B cam is used for B roll or like shots mm -hmm. to be cut into the film that aren't like that are just like nice looking. Usually they're not written into the shot list. Like, yeah, they, filmmakers create a list of shots they want to get. They list every lens they want to use. And all the materials they need to make that shot, et cetera, et cetera. That's how film uh, films are planned. Yeah. So that's all goes on the shot list. But any B-roll is usually done by a B-cam that you like, they just throw a rig together and they're like, okay, this is what we're going to use to get like some ancillary stuff to just like, in case we need some filler shots, which every mm. film needs like, right. To fill some space, like visually. And for some reason, there were some shots in the following the blob song, and I don't know why, that looked like they were shot on like a really, really terrible B cam. Yeah. Like almost iPhone quality. And it's the only time it happens in the film is like those <sighs> beach scenes. And I don't know what happened. It weirded me out because one of them almost looked like it was shot in an iPhone. Like, a, I don't remember what it was. It was like a long shot of the beach. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah. This is this is weird. Why why is it only happening now? And why does it look like it was shot in like a really terrible B cam or an iPhone? What's going on? This movie is so weird. God. It is really odd. Do you know what I'm saying though? Because I, yeah, I feel like I'm talking sense. out of my ass. It's like I feel so paranoid. Like like I've <laughs> uncovered some secret the film doesn't want me to know. But like uh, uh. it's it's odd for sure. And so, okay, so there's this, they dance on the beach, then a bunch of people show up after that, and they dance on the beach for a while to dive. Um, yeah. This, you know, it's a good time. Uh, <laughs> transitioning, I, I just wrote, George is so pathetic that his slow-mo dodge uh, dodgeball heroism didn't block a single ball. Right, right. Which I think was the joke. I do think that was. I, yeah, I think that, that was so... intentional. <laughs> In a movie that like. So so okay okay real quick so they play dodgeball and then Presley uh Presley is about to get like all these dodgeballs thrown at him at her and then George jumps in and tries to take the dodgeballs and fails entirely. Again, at this point, this movie feels like it doesn't have a plot. Like at this yeah, point, yeah, no, just it doesn't floating. have a plot at it's all. It's like a series of skits right about now. <laughs> and then they do like that John Hughes, and this is also a weird thing. But I like noticed how frequently the actors change clothing. Yeah, it's like yeah, like do do every other scene they change clothes. Yeah. Yeah, they do do that. Also, you mentioned John Hughes thing. It's kind of funny because they reference John Hughes a lot in this movie too. Yeah, I know. For it's some weird. reason, like that's, that's I don't weird. know why they feel yeah. like that's topical. I mean, I guess it, like the I I don't know me looking at my Criterion copy of the the Breakfast Club. I don't know. Is John Hughes topical? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so Presley is been hit in the face with a dodgeball, and so she's got like a pack of like you know, frozen peas on her face. And Will is telling George that this is his moment to like 
hit on her, I guess. Oh, yeah. Just by asking her if she's okay. That's um, romance, baby. We'll, we'll move past the weird predatory. The best way to seduce a woman is when she has a concussion. <laughs> That's right. Um, but then George is too nervous. So George is like, you got to do that that thing to me, the, the John Hughes movie thing where there's a montage and suddenly like which isn't done, even like, exclusive to all john hughes movies this to be is honest. yeah this is just a thing maybe it's because the apparently the only movie that george has ever seen is ferris bueller's day off it's also the movie he's obsessed with and that his crush is oh. obsessed with no no he references he references uh another john hughes movie in this scene too um what's the one with ducky ducky uh yeah yeah he says i'm the ducky is that pretty in pink yeah i think so yeah yeah it's pretty in pink yeah because the ducky's the guy who doesn't get the girl at the end yeah um yeah and so and in this section i just wrote repeatedly four times i hate george i hate george and then i like <laughs> miswrote i hate gurge and then i wrote i hate george again i yes you sent me the picture of that also, you know what's a fun fact? I actually wrote, we're 43 minutes into this movie at this point, and he, in the scene where he's sitting alone playing the guitar, this is the first time he's played the guitar in the movie that they showed him having a That's guitar true. in the first five seconds, and 43 minutes in <laughs> is the first time they ever show him playing it. 43 oh minutes! Oh my god. Um... That's a, so, that's yeah, a so Chekhov's they, gun they break if I've ever the... heard one. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we break into a song, Baby Baby by uh, Amy Grant, I think is the song that he's covering. But, yeah, yeah, so, so yeah, so he's covering Baby Baby, and it's him in sunglasses, and it's turned into this, like, you know, it's, it's entered into the fantasy of George, like, like hitting on Presley and being super smooth and stuff and really random thing. But why the bisexual coloring? See, I what feel was... represented. <laughs> what was that trying to communicate? I know this is like a definitely me reading way too much into it, but you know, no, the I whole mean, thing yeah, I know. where you use, yeah, know. those specific yeah, colors to communicate bisexuality. Yeah, it's, it's, it's why pink, are you trying pink, to do yeah, that? It's pink and purple. Why? <laughs> I mean, they did it in Blade Runner 2049, which also makes me feel represented. And I, I don't know. Right. I don't know about you, but obviously I, Harrison Ford had a little bit of chemistry with Brian Gosling there. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, I think that was subtly intentional as <laughs> this, I think, was, you know, what I think this is, is like one like bisexual guy who was like doing the lighting in this scene was like, I know the colors for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just like inserting himself in this. It's perfect. It's perfect. Also, um <clears throat> Dead Mom hangout? Dead okay, Mom. Okay, we'll hangout. get to we'll get but yeah, so okay, yeah, we'll, let's get to that. So then uh it cuts all that song was in his head. George doesn't hit on Presley. It, this was an enormous waste of time. <laughs> it didn't serve the uh, the plot at all. Um oh, so then yeah. we we've moved on to Avery and Will are hanging out at Avery's special personal place. Um, yeah. which was yeah. made her, her dad made like brought this bench out and made a pretty thing when her mom was dying, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess maybe that would be nice. I, I didn't quite understand what, well, I mean, they this, did. this movie has a problem with sincerity because every time it gets sincere for five seconds, it's like, huh. yeah. so they've met and they're talking and it turns out that Avery's mom died or dad. Yeah. Mom died. And so they're kind of of having this like bond over like mutual dead parents yeah, and stuff she she's only got a half batman he's got a full batman you and know he's what got I'm the saying? full batman right and, and then he's what got you... the full batman yeah so then what were you gonna say 
Well, first off, I just realized they never actually said how his parents died. Mm. It was a car accident, I thought. Oh, was it? That's the implication, but do they ever say it? I don't remember. Maybe they don't. Oh, my God. That sounds like it. Anyway, I was just going to say that um, in, in my circles, uh, she has this weird definition of the word knowing in the context of faith. Oh, yeah, that was odd. So, like, when she's like, well, I don't know, but, like, I know, you know? And then, and then like, part of, me is, part of me was, like, part of me as, like, a pretty orthodox Christian was, I was like, I thought the idea of faith is that it transcends the concept of knowing mm-hmm. to some yeah. degree. Yeah, because, yeah, he's, she's like, oh, my mom's in heaven right now. And, and Will's like, oh, I don't know. Does heaven exist? And then she, yeah, she's like, she's, yeah, it's saying she's got faith in it, right? Yeah, but, um, like, it it phrases it in this, like, well, it, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm sure kind of way. It, and I'm like, that's weirdly, that's it was weirdly, like, yeah, it, wishy-washy for, for a Christian movie. No, because it's what I mean, like, you know, if you, I would say even in our circles, like, weird lefto Christian circles, that to some yeah. degree, faith as an understanding of your religion transcends traditional concepts of to know something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they were playing with knowing pretty weirdly there. No, but it's but what I mean is that it's just bad theology. Yeah, it is. Beyond that, like I think what okay, so what's what's weird? Okay. Okay. Th- this whole scene is I think for me when it when the movie soured to me. About the, this is when I started thinking about the theology stuff like you were saying, right? Like what does this movie believe? As this is the only moment God starts to come up. Yeah, um, no, it, and it, not only that, but subsequent scenes have more of like weird evangelical beliefs. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it like it it's there, and and there's a moment where Will says Avery's perfect, and Avery's like, oh, I hate the word perfect. It's exhausting being. So she's like, you know, dealing with the pressures of everything, and there's this acknowledgement of like this role God plays in all this and how they process it, and then and this is the thing this movie does that I don't, that drives me up a wall is it gets so close to saying something. And I don't even mean something super deep, just something. Tell me no, something. just like stating something saying, saying that it believes. I, I, yes, that Jesus died for your sins or something like that, because this is an evangelical movie. You're waiting for that. Instead of saying it, they break out into song. And yeah, the no, it just diverts completely to do with what they're saying. It just happens every time they get almost there to saying something. And then suddenly they're like, Oh, our God is an awesome God. It, it's yeah, no, so it, it happens repeatedly. <laughs> it's it literally, it's like a running joke of the film. Like the filmmakers are like cackling, like, ha ha. You thought you would get theological beliefs in civil newsflash psycho edging Christianity the whole time. <laughs> like i know it's so weird like it i literally okay, wrote my notes just god question mark <laughs> no but here's here's the weird thing like like mm-hmm. not like not two scenes later in the paintball scene which like isn't even that important yeah why well, aside from a giant apocalypse now reference i think is what yeah, aside from a giant like i also said that this film is obsessed with references to other films which is weird <laughs> for an evangelical movie because usually they hate like yeah better it's movie. trying to be the cool one that knows it's references to, be, yeah. to things mm-hmm. uh but like she references 666 in the tra- in the traditional evangelical understanding yeah of the number and yeah. not like and not like the translation of words 
like not the understanding that Hebrew is also like numerical and linguistic at the same time. No, not that, like that. no, no. Like no, no, no. It doesn't analyze what the word like what it actually means like in the context of revelations and like it does that like oh that's the mark of the beast aka Satan. <laughs> they do that bit in in the in like the the follow up to the paint like paintball scene like like the preamble when they're yeah. all preparing. Yeah. And it's just weirdly out of place because, like, that is specifically a weird evangelical belief. Yeah. And it feels so out of place. It it is a stretch of a joke that doesn't make any sense. So we we cut from the song after this, like, intimate moment to them preparing for paintball. And David says, watch your six. And then Kristen goes, six, six, six? Yeah, it's like... And no, that's he didn't even joke. say anything close. And that's the joke. Is she also said she's gonna out like... about the devil because yeah, someone she... said six. <laughs> and then she like she references the wrath of like I'm going to bring down the wrath of God on you if you like. Oh yeah, this, later on in the Mayball scene. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. this is the most evangelical the film ever gets. Yeah, the most evangelical the film ever gets is just Kristen yelling evangelical stuff every once in a while. And it's yeah. off as a bit. I don't It's a weird bit. It's a weird bit. It's a weird bit. This movie seems and to simultaneously it, be like entrenched in like evangelical beliefs, but also hates it. Yeah. Which is very much maybe the product of it being a Netflix original. And maybe yeah. a lot of the people working on this weren't evangelicals, but Another really odd thing about this whole scene, the you you called it the paintball scene, but I think that's dishonest because it cuts into a bunch of other games. Yeah, no, it has some weird intercut. <laughs> like no reason. It has some weird non-linear storytelling there because what it does is it it like it does it pulls a Pulp Fiction and it tells like multiple multiple stories simultaneously of things they do throughout their day but like not chronologically yeah all the different games they're compete all the competitive games they're playing together but it's all intercut within the paint the greater paintball scene with uh yeah with yeah yeah i I write my own screenplays so when you're writing a scene what you want to do because this is is uh, you know have a point uh <laughs> yes but like when you're because this is a formatting thing yeah. when you're formatting screens usually like because what happens is usually in every new scene mm-hmm. you would have essentially you would list where that scene takes place that's the header of like yeah. every specific scene in a screenplay is where that scene takes place and what time of day mm-hmm. some people use specific numbers some people use vague like Day, night, uh, dusk, dawn, etc., etc. Mm. But when you're when you do like scenes in rapid succession like this, it's called an intercut. It's usually right. Like, it's called it, right. it's usually you write out the first scene, which would be the paintball scene, and then you place what is like you would write intercut, and then you mm. would write what it's what's intercut into that scene. Yeah, and that's what they're doing here. But the yeah. weird thing is usually intercuts are either for things that are happening simultaneously. Usually intercuts are either for things that are happening simultaneously in a different location or like intercutting things within the same scene very quickly. Like just yeah. something someone does in rapid succession or like 
an unrelated scene that might be a flashback, but you don't want to like put it. There are multiple like there are multiple ways to do an intercut, is what I'm saying, and none of them are this. Yeah, well, that was what because I think if it didn't end in paintball, it would have I would have taken it as a montage where it's like. But oh, here's all the different games, but it ends with the paintball, which seems that yeah, because that that's the chronology that ties it all together is the paintball scene, and yeah. everything else exists within it, but apart from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, weird. Uh, it's weird so, formatting. Yeah, so I hate it. The scene exists just to play uh, "Father's House" by Audio Adrenaline, but um, <laughs> aside from that, I hate I, I hate the reference to football. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Do people that, think that God song likes football? <laughs> Have you never heard that song? No, I've never heard that song. Man, you uh, yeah, I think you weren't raised in like the same uh subcultures that I was of like well, the yeah, so this is, is a I was, this is like the big fun Bible camp song sometimes. So yeah, so yeah. I was raised an evangelical Lutheran, but not an evangelical Lutheran. Do you understand yeah, what I mean? That makes sense. Like yeah. the, denom- the denomination evangelical Lutheran, but not not right, evangelical right, right. <laughs> anyway so we get to the end of uh father's house here and um basically what's happened is like all the te- you know all the three teams are like playing paintball right now and um avery and will end up on like behind a tree together and before shooting each other they're like wait if we team up we could kill sean and then we could win right so then they make very a violent thing to do at a christian camp by the way yeah and so then they they shoot they shoot Sean, and then after they do that, Avery shoots Will, uh, and just you know owns him. Absolute betrayal. Yep. So that was that was why that what that's for. I guess that's I, again. It kind of feels like a series of sketches right now. Yeah. Like, no. The problem is that they're like, almost all unrelated, and not only that, but they never explain the points thing. They don't explain it. Like yeah. Yeah, because the the teams are the tribes are building up points, but like but they never explain how they cat like <laughs> I don't know if this is just a thing. Like if you were ma- you would do a brief summation, yeah, of how, how much each points. each competition is worth and why and uh, uh. yeah. Uh, so from there, let's see. They they are at a campfire scene. Okay, this is the closest thing to something that resembles a Bible camp experience I would have had. Right. Yeah. But it's all like surface level. It's so bad. But that's the thing. Yeah. It doesn't have any substance. So they're all around the fire campfire. And David, I think says, no, no. Kristen says God is a fan of you all essentially. No, but like I wrote here, uh, evangelicalism, individualized Christian individualizes Christianity to such a degree that is mm-hmm. inseparable from like personal individualism. Yeah, there's nothing here. It's God likes you, is what it says. And no, then David like, says God is up to something amazing, but it's it's yeah, it's it's an individualist kind of thing. It's that I don't yeah, know. It's, it's that yeah. like it's that personal, not the idea of a personal God, but like God personally serving you particularly. Yeah, that he's like even fan of you. Like he he's a fan yeah. of you. Not that like I mean, mind you, oh. I mean I believe. I, I don't know. I believe God really likes you, but like the way they phrase it is like, yeah, weird. I yeah. Well, because they haven't provided any meaning for what that would imply. Yeah, what that means, or like any. Yeah, this movie hasn't given you anything. Because like because, I pers- obviously, you know, we're both, you know, we're yeah. both good Christian boys here. Right. We obviously believe that every person is personally important to God, but it's just the phrasing here 
is mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. It's weird and it doesn't mean anything. So then Avery goes on and stands up and then says her favorite Bible verse. No, but like that was that even a Bible verse? Because I it, listened it is. to it. It is a Bible verse. This Which is, translation? Because it's no, no, ah. it's it's legit. It's just taken ridiculously out of context. This is a a pet peeve of mine for a long time. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is um oh so I know uh, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. It's this is of course in Jeremiah. It's like it's like a prophet God talking to Israel. Like it's it's very taken out of context, but it's usually used by prosperity gospel preachers a lot. Oh, I know what you mean. I know that because now I yeah. know that quote when put in context because he's talking to yeah. the whole of the Jewish people and saying right. that like he's going to make sure that they can survive and actually like live to mm-hmm. prosper. Right. But it, he's talking about to the the Jewish people collectively. Yeah, it's not an individual thing, but it but it's in this like yeah reading. It's like so so thus far. If we well, if, I also said quotes like this exist in the Hallmark store between dimensions. <laughs> so thus far, what who is this this god we've been introduced to by this movie? He takes you on adventures. Uh, he plans to prosper you. He also gets not you out of to prison. harm you. He gets you out of prison. And also, like, okay, maybe this is a dick comment to make, but yeah, plans not to harm you doesn't make sense on the individual level. And if no, anyone doesn't. has, and if anyone has the right to say that, it'd be Will, because he could easily go, yeah, not harm me. He killed no, my he... parents. <laughs> like, no, but you know, I also, up. I also want to like that's coming up in my notes, but that like evangelicals have a very weird view of causality. Yeah, and it's, I, it's I, odd. I want to touch on that later, but let's continue. Oh uh, yeah. Um, oh, at this point, I said an hour and seven minutes into the movie, I realized they never elaborate on why he steals a cop car. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, I forgot. I, you mentioned, I mentioned this earlier, <laughs> but I, I put the, I put the specific timestamp because I thought That's, about it. That's such an ADD comment. too. you're like an hour in and you're like, wait, what happened to that cop car? <laughs> Still working on that diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess Will and a- uh, let's see what is this even? so Will and Avery hang out again is that what the, I'm I I watched this a couple nights ago so I'm blanking on what this yeah note it's means. it goes on to like they hang out a little bit afterwards oh, she gives yeah. him a photo the photo of of them oh yeah 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 okay I, this fucking photo dude okay, I can't even so, so, see it oh so I can okay so the thing about the photo that confuses shit out of me it's 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 when Avery, did they take it. Sure. Avery, Will, George, and Presley. It's all four of them. Yeah. George George and Presley are acting normal. Avery and Will look like a fucking couple. Like Yeah, Avery I know. It's so weird. Lean right? up to him, like on his chest, looking up at him. But at this point in the movie, we're to believe they just kind of have crushes on each other and haven't like yeah, said so that weird. or anything. It's They're so just weird talking that you know like they haven't even held hands but in this fucking photo that is the most coupley looking photo i yeah okay <laughs> that really threw me off like i and, paused it and it was and like, obviously this is when they decide that the plot has to kick in again <laughs> oh yeah they're like oh yeah we have a plot let's go so they give they make sean after she gives him the photo they make sean break into the dad's office the dad who runs the camp Hmm. They make him break into his office and find uh, Will's file, and he reads it, and he's like, "And this is what this is what weirds me out because I the thing is, 
Sean has this weird like duplicity to him where he's yeah. like simultaneously I'm doing this for the good of everyone because Will's so bad. But like yeah. he's also like I'm doing this because I want to win. But like the yeah, problem this is, is that, all about winning. Uh, but the, like, the but it doesn't. Games. Yeah. But it doesn't give you a concrete act like answer to what his motivations are. So it is simultaneously both and neither. Yeah, it's really odd. Because <laughs> like, remember when they when like Will legs it like mm-hmm. absolutely leg like like when he like confronts him at like the practice and right. Like, Sean, by the way, I wrote in my notes, Sean is so pro that he thinks, like, petty misdemeanors actually matter. But, like, he's so, like, but, yeah, like, Mm. these are all petty misdemeanors, more or less. Like, he's just, like, a little bit of a petty delinquent, and he's like, oh, he's so bad. But he's like, don't worry, I'm doing this to save you guys. And I'm like, from what? This never comes up again. Do you just think he's a bad person? I guess that's what but it then, is. But then it's like he also wants to win. So which is it, movie? What's going on? Right. What's this guy's psychology? So yeah, so Sean Sean comes to Will and he's like, hey, I know about the Grand Theft Auto and shit. Uh, you have to tell Avery or I will. And obviously that's enough to make him leg it. Like absolutely just run yeah. away from all. So, so Will like... runs away from the camp. So then Sean tells Avery. <laughs> um, and Avery, clearly nobody like finds this to be a big deal. Uh, you know? And so everyone just kind of hates Sean. Um, but Will's run off. And so now this is like the intense moment. We've, we've reached a plot again. Um, Avery tells her dad that Will's gone, but she has to go looking for him, that she's the only one that Will will listen to or something like that, which again, we're like four days into the summer camp. So I don't know where they've got this kind of relationship going, but no, it's getting fast. Like it's going (laughs) fast. It really is. This is like intense, intense. Uh, so yeah, it, 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 this also, this whole scene moves pretty fast too. Like they just, they find him. No, but this is, first off, Liar revealed plot bad. It's literally mm-hmm. like, this is just Shrek 1. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, they Thanks they find, yeah, it is, it is just Shrek. You're right. Everyone should just watch Shrek instead. <laughs> Everyone should just watch Shrek instead. <laughs> That's an infinitely okay. better movie. This, this better is a soundtrack. Side... Uh... <laughs> this is a side note, but uh, apparently... DreamWorks Animation Studios would like punish employees who weren't doing well on other projects by yeah. s- by shrekking them by sending them to work on Shrek, which at that point was in development hell. Like it was just not oh going anywhere. wow, and like as you yet- know, like the the lead actor, like you know, uh, God Chris Farley, mm. Chris Farley yeah. died. Oh yeah, yeah. And like they they would literally just send all employees they did like that were doing. I did not know that they would put them on the Shrek team, which is why it turned out so good. Yeah, uh, that's that's really interesting, huh? Anyway, that's anyway anyway completely off topic. So so Avery finds Will, um, and this is where the theology that dreaded theology comes. (laughs) Yeah, here let's let's ask again that question. What does this movie believe? So Avery goes. I know everything and it's okay. You know, you're forgiven, whatever. 
And Will's like, there's nothing to talk about. And Avery says, you're loved. And then Will's like, by God, where was he when my parents died? Which, now, you know, is, again, the only, like, genuine doubt this movie kind of, like, brings. Not only that, but this table. is 20 minutes from, this is, like, 15, 20 minutes from the film's ending, might I add. Yeah, yeah. This is, you would this usually is the... do this at, like, the 45, 50 minute mark. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think part of that's evangelical movies as a whole like to do this thing where um, at, they have a big reveal about the guy who doesn't believe in God, why he doesn't believe in God, and it's something irrational. This is kind yeah, of the a, God's not dead thing. Have, have yeah, you it's the I God's hate God. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Right. The I hate God because my mom died. Right. And it's, Kevin Sorbo's mad about it, and then he gets hit yeah. by a car. Yeah, and then he gets, yeah. And so, yeah, so the Christian is, owns very... him for his mom being dead, like a nerd. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway. Uh, this, is, this is what I wrote, because like I said, evangelicals have a weird view on causality, because yeah. any anybody who study the, studies theology knows that, like, causality is basically influenced by humans in most Christian theology. Calvinists, please leave. Uh, you're not needed for this segment. Uh, yeah. Yeah, everyone but Calvinists basically agrees that, like, predestination isn't really a thing, and, like, most humans act from their own agency. Mm -hmm. so, when, so when bad things happen, because this is what I specifically wrote, and I said, it seems to answer the question of why do bad things happen to good people with question mark love? Because, like, they say love, they say, like, love in this film, remember, that's what he sings as he's, like, as the conversation kind of ends, as he, like, leads off with the my parents are dead thing. Yeah. He, he starts singing a song about love. And then I said, evangelicals have this weird view of causality, where humans aren't responsible for any of their actions and have no real agency. Like, for example... If you if you study theology, you would know that God is not like responsible in a traditional sense, not responsible uh, for every little thing that happens in our lives. Sure. Like we're kind of we are kind of guided by like the tides of causality. Yeah. Like well, one human's actions to another, our own actions I, all crept up in like the whims of fate and etc. I I want a movie to just, I want a evangelical movie to just have the balls to say, I don't know. I think that's yeah. the thing because when it comes to like the problem of evil questions, like why did the, like why do bad things happen? There has not been a sufficiently decent answer to that ever. In theology, no, mind you, really. to some degree, to some degree, a lot yeah. of it can be answered by like humans own agency. Sure. But like, why, but, like why, obviously why... natural disasters, Disease. Yeah, and and you know, a car accident, like right, like it's nothing that you can control. And the the answer is I don't know, and that's okay. And just say that. But it's okay. What this to not movie, know. what this movie does, is dodge the question in a weird way, where it just, yeah, like you said, the the reason is love. I, I don't. That doesn't. I guess he just starts singing about love. So, uh, so anyway, Will, Will lashes out at her, says, you don't need to fix me. Uh, Will says none of any of their, uh, and none of it meant anything to him. Their like relationship, which again, hasn't really been a formal relationship. So I don't know what it is referring to it, I guess talking, I guess the conversations they had and yeah. anyway, but 
she she's she's like well now i'm leaving and she makes a comment about him not being a good liar which i think means she could always tell that he had done grand theft well Auto. i mean she points she, <laughs> yeah she points out earlier in the film that like the inconsistencies of his lies like where he right lives. yeah like he uh, says he lives in pennsylvania when they first meet and then uh, philadelphia and then he's like oh i live in new york with my brother and those gotcha. contradict each other right she, right yeah doesn't take um, a detective to figure it out so will has all these flashbacks and stuff and then breaks into that song you say which is love is the answer and about like i found where i belong or whatever yeah um, and then that, that leads to and the big so concert. and so then yeah apparently there's been a talent show <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's got some like pretty big equipment yeah so there's a big talent show and uh sean just ends and he's like a total prick as uh, the way he sings i just want to punch him i hate him you know yeah, that's Sean's what the movie awesome. wants i hate him uh, he also only lines out his motivations like at the end yeah uh avery tells george that will isn't coming back so will is gonna have to do the talent show on his own oh no and then <laughs> Keep in mind, this has been five minutes. It's been five minutes since that really intense dialogue when he was running away. Will shows back up and he tells Avery, I lied. It meant everything to me. Thanks for coming for me. I mean, this movie's pacing is psychotic. No, like I said that earlier <laughs> on the episode because like any like competent film would probably line that out like 45 minutes in. If this is an hour and a half yes. movie, like, at least like a 20 minute, like some other stuff happens enough time for him to change his mind. Uh, something <laughs> there, there has to be some contemplation on the part of the main character. Cause then it just becomes, cause there's this trope called liar revealed. And yeah, like it's the one, it's the one thing, the nostalgia critic, as much as I hate him, yeah. was always right about is that for so many children's films and so many films in general they do this weird plot point where it's like someone who has been faking something or lying about something yeah, yeah. is revealed and then within the span of 10 to 15 minutes it's all resolved yes which is what this movie is doing it's doing that trope but it does it somehow worse than like no because it's I, even like, more congested yeah, because they had to make room for all those Stephen Curtis Chapman songs. <laughs> oh, my God. They had to make uh, room for the blob. Also, notably, after he says it meant everything for him, they kiss, which is, I don't know, took me off guard Taboo? for an evangelical movie. Yeah, yeah no, usually uh, usually you don't have kisses in a movie. Yeah, like, rem please remain sexless. Especially if the characters are, you know, not literally married to each other outside of the movie, like Kirk Cameron in Fireproof or uh, whatever. So that was weird. Also, they're teenagers. And so, like, I don't know. Even not, I mean, I don't. Simultaneously, my, the main character looks like a teenager, but also 35. So take that. Well, right. Because they're adult actors for sure. Yeah. He's also got a tattoo. I forgot to mention that. So then they break into, uh, so then Will shows up and starts singing. Uh, and George is like, oh shit, Will's there. And so then they sing that this is the best thing ever song that was stuck in my head for a day after this movie. Yeah, so no, the, not, I have to yeah. admit as like, as the singing is competent enough to think that it's okay. It's, it, it's catchy. Um, it, I will, 
I will literally sit back and be like, yeah, yeah. And so oh. a- after that, we of course see that for I guess Will's performance, the green team, green tribe wins. Yay. Obviously, because he's just so hip and radical and cool. Because of and how now, cool he was when he Now he's, he's professed his belief in, in God. So, of course, he can't lose. Everybody mm-hmm. knows you get... Every Christian knows if you do that once, you only get one. Yeah. You only get one. And it insta-wins whatever you're doing. <laughs> it's like an ability in a video game. You just, like, right. select it on your menu screen. And you're like, this is this is what I'm using it for. And it's the, I profess my belief in God and it instantly makes me win or do like one thing I want it to do. Right. And you get one and you can't ever reuse it again. <laughs> but this was his. He used it. So then now it cuts to... Kevin their... Sorbos was dying, of course. Yes, Kevin's... <laughs> <laughs> so, so we cut to now they're leaving camp. Everyone's packing up. They're getting ready to go. And Sean comes up to Will and apologizes. He that's says... What, that's what makes it so weird. Because he's like, he's like, I was just being an asshole. And I'm like, I, I had to do a double take. Because I was like, you're recanting your motivations? now and then like will's like it's all cool yeah and sean says you know you weren't the only one trying to impress people you know i was trying to impress people I'm like dude everyone like kissed the ground you walked on who are you trying to impress sure and like that's fine was it avery does he have feelings for avery he never says the movie's pacing is so insane because like it's fine to have like a an antagonist have like a turnaround at the end but it can't be like 15 minutes after he does the big bad thing (laughs) yeah i know that was crazy i mean i would have preferred a radigan scenario just like get eaten by a cat scrub he's literally during will's performance like cross-armed staring like glowering at will like god i hate this guy and then it cuts to the next scene and he's like hey i'm sorry man (laughs) and then we finally get the romantic payoff between everyone's favorite ship of the movie obviously Mm -hmm. yeah george and and they're like then he delivers his like 300 letters he wrote to her last year. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, and she, and then they find out that they're both of their favorite movie is Ferris Bueller's day off. And they're yeah. like, I'm going to marry you one day. Full name, insert full name here. And she's like, not before, not if I can marry you first, insert full name here. And, yeah. Uh, wow. Then, yeah. Obviously they're going to get, she married. was stalking him and he was stalking her. Wow. It's the, obviously she it's... knew his foot size. And, <laughs> So yeah, she gives George her number. What what even Then they dance a little bit, credits roll. Perfect. Amazing. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it. That's... Also the 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 credits were 9 minutes long. Did you And they did that? a blooper reel. They did a blooper reel. Oh my god. I didn't they watch didn't, the blooper reel. They didn't deserve it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously this movie doesn't believe anything. <laughs> no, it's it's but, as like it's... I said when I said it's when I said it like borrows its ideology from the Hallmark store between dimensions, that's yeah. that's, that's true. Yeah, well, that's kind of what's... I mean, there's so much odd about this movie. But I think what's important is it, it is uniquely the, the end result of, like, evangelical movies have kind of peaked. I think they're going on the decline now. Well, yeah, because... And this is kind of, like, the, the end of that. Because, you know, Netflix has picked up this movie and it's... I don't know. This was made by Netflix and you could tell because 
if you look up a week away, which unlike a lot of the other events I've watched, if you look it up on YouTube, you can find most of the songs are put out by Netflix or Netflix Film Club or Netflix Futures or whatever. And most a lot of the scenes from it are there and there's interviews from entertainment today with the actors and stuff like this is a mainstream movie all things which considered. is probably but why the religious somehow are so secondary mark yeah but also marketed to evangelicals and so then that's what gives it this very bizarre theology where it doesn't i i don't like it it it, it got so okay I, I'm gonna do a dorky thing. I'm gonna read my letterbox review of this movie if that's okay. Because that read I think it. I I put it well. I think this is. I don't think me rambling right now is gonna say it better than me typing it out when I first watched it. Uh, obviously, obviously, it's a safe musical, sexless enough for an evangelical audience. It preaches only enough to remind you that it is marketed toward evangelicals. No one in the audience came for depth here, so the absence of it shouldn't be a surprise. It's a fun musical after all. However, something about the use of religion in this film, and maybe the way that God is so unspecified that it serves as an empty cultural signifier, is really unnerving and odd to me. I've consumed my share of shitty evangelical art, but there was something so uniquely bland about this one, so digestibly watchable, that I felt whiplash constantly. Religion serves as justification for vaguely religious songs. It serves as a setting device. It serves as the unstated reason for modest swimwear. But what role does it exactly serve in this film aside from that? There's an almost comical reoccurring trope throughout the movie where an intimate conversation between characters gets close to some theological pronouncement, some statement about what this Bible can't believes, and then is cut short by one of the characters breaking into song. The worship songs actually serve as a way to dodge any concrete belief. God is awesome. God is love. God puts people on adventures that change their lives. And I guess heaven exists? Aside from that, I have no idea who this God is. Evangelical films are, by their nature, ham-fisted and preachy, and yet this one is somehow evangelical without the evangelism. By the end, the protagonist is singing about love, and it's impossible to tell if that love he's referring to is from God or the love interest. I don't know what to make of this thing. It's the product of a specific collision of contemporary Netflix branding and the death throes of an unspecified evangelical subculture. The music was catchy. No, but that's that's so succinct. Like, it, that just sums up the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't make any fucking sense of this movie. <laughs> no, because like here's the thing. So yeah. one of my weird conspiracy theories that I believe as a Christian is and this is one I'm willing to entertain. I'm not sure if anyone ever I just kind of like thought of this of my own, but probably mm. someone has proposed it. Partly yeah. in the modern age, I think the reason why there is an aggressively secular movement forming in a lot of countries is to suppress people who actually believe things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about like evangelicals here because they'll claim to believe things, but then they'll make this shit. Yeah. I don't evangelicals don't believe in God was my takeaway from this movie. <laughs> More or less because they don't know how to define God in any concrete terms. Mm -hmm. Like to some degree, God is hidden, but like there are, I would say theologically, there are at least some declarative statements you can make. Yeah. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't even have the boldness to say God is love. <laughs> it I mean, doesn't even well, say I mean, that. That is a bad theological take and they don't even have like the gumption to do it. Yeah. 
That's literally low hanging <laughs> feet, like evangelical yeah, like, postcard theology. And they don't even have the right to, they don't even get the chance to declare that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, that's so sad. Mm -hmm. That's so yeah. sad. Alexa play Despacito. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's what's so wrong like about it is that like one of my conspiracy beliefs is genuinely the like in the modern age under like late neoliberal capitalism it is di mm. disadvantageous for anyone to believe anything yeah because it makes it harder to coerce them yeah it's it's kind of interesting it's it's like we're like i guess if you're, you're taking this like neoliberalism approach it's like what this movie suggests to some degree or another is that neo like that the, the 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 form of capitalism as we currently exist under it or whatever has gotten to a point that it has stripped the reactionaries of their ability to have opinions like beliefs exactly like even exactly. the reactionaries can't <laughs> coherently express what they believe no but like think <laughs> but think about that what reactionary yeah. ever since the fall of trump they've literally just been stripped of their power more or yeah. less like most of the, what are they talking about recently they're going mm. off about like meat or pants or like some other like <laughs> bullshit cultural dude, signifiers yeah cultural signifiers it's all just empty nonsense but mm -hmm. like when trump was in power they didn't have much more than empty nonsense either it was just less empty nonsense but right still more or less pretty empty yeah right and that's i mean that's what the role god serves in this movie is 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 it is a it, cultural thing it's not yeah, it's a vacuum like, it exists yeah. as an ideological vacuum I, you know. in a way, I, I would take the God's Not Dead movies over this because... No, because it has declarative it, things to say. It's, yeah, and it believes least, something. I, I mean, it yeah. believes that, like, all atheists are, like, cackling evildoers yeah, terrible. talk about, like, it's stabbing true. babies. But, like, that, yeah, but the I, thing I, is, I, it, <laughs> it's willing to have an ideology. Yeah, as, like... Yeah, I, I would rather it be like, oh no, here comes the evil ACLU, than it to be like, uh, I guess Christianity is when you have a crush on someone at Bible camp. <laughs> the worst thing that bad movies like this do is they don't give you anything. Yeah. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Yeah. It's like... That's the worst thing a movie can be is give you nothing to work with. And I think it's that absence that makes it almost like a weird scathing, like, I don't know, atheism to the core at it. I don't know. Yeah. Like there, there is this, like, there is this atheism to it. Not in like a, not in like an evil sense, but in a, like, I'm, I'm only willing to define God in secular terms. Mm hmm. Like this yeah. movie is just absolutely barren. It's so barren. It's barren. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing I think those are some, some strong final thoughts on the movie. Um, let's go ahead and move toward, let's just go ahead and do some uh, some plugs. So something you've been enjoying in media or whatever and where people can find you on Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, kind of wrap I, things up. So, um, God, what's something I've been enjoying in media recently? I've actually been trying to get back into reading. 
because mm. I've got school. Coming I've heard up of in this. <laughs> I've heard of reading. So I actually started reading. Uh, I just picked the a chunky book off my shelf and was like, yeah, I'm going to read this. So I started re- reading uh, Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Oh, nice. And I have mixed I have mixed feelings overall about Stephen King as an author. Like not mm. all of his work is stellar, but like when he's got a good one, he's got like something that's e- even if it remains rather pulpy, it's pretty good. Like it's yeah. just entertaining. Right. And it gets you it gets you in the habit of reading so you can probably read more intellectually stimulating stuff. If you right, if like right. you're kind of out of practice when it comes to like reading a novel or like any thick book of like material. Mhm. And it, it really yeah. helps like like reinstate that like reading comprehension. And Salem's Lot is fairly entertaining. It's if you like vampires, it's fun. Fun vampires. Uh, please listen to Please listen to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. They're nice. a good band. Please God. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nobody knows about them. They're just a weird New Zealand band. Please listen to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I have I got one of their limited edition posters. It cost me 800 bucks. I hate myself. Jesus I'm serious. Christ. I'm serious. I through a series of unfortunate events, I bought a uh I bought their Greek or the reprint of their Greek theater poster for like for like 800 bucks because like I was like, yeah, I'm not going to let this get out of hand. I'm not going to let the bidding on this get out of hand. I let it get out of hand. That's my fault. <laughs> it's actually I'm looking at it right now. It's like framed above my desk where I'm recording this and like it haunts me with the shame of knowing that I'm irresponsible <laughs> with my money. Oh my god. All right. Uh well, I am going to plug uh Capitalist Realism by Mark Fisher. No specific reason I'm plugging that. That's totally not the topic for next episode. Ho, ho, ho. Hey. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, and, oh, yeah, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find... Yeah, you, you can find me at... Uh, at Cryptid Director. You should also... Uh, you should also plug... Uh, uh, Mammonberg. People should listen to Mammonberg. Yes, listen to Mammonberg. Pay pay me money to do horrible bits that corrode your brain. Chris Christie's fat. Good night, everybody. <laughs> that was a good good episode. We'll release that one here soon. Um, and you know what? On that note, uh, thank you so much for listening to Very Legal, Very Cool, uh, an episode about uh, what was it? Yeah, you. The, the, the Phil hating the only black George. character. I hate George <laughs> so much. <laughs> anti defamation league, call me. Well, that's okay. That's no, what's not that's 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 not And my knees are weak as I walk to the edge I know there is no turning back Once my feet have left the ledge And in the rush I hear a voice It's telling me it's time to take the leap of faith So here I go
can fill an empty soul and give our heart the only thing. We 